looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Good morning and welcome to Pass the Post for this Sunday morning, September 20, 2020. Tony Clements in the chair this morning, joined by Nathan Exelby from the Career Mail and Sunday Mail. Good morning, Nathan. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Morning, listeners. I'm almost prophetic there uh, with uh, listening to that little uh, Trek to the Everest promo yes. with that show coming up on Sky Thoroughbred Central uh, with Greg Radley saying, will we see something out of the shorts going into the Everest? And as Ray Thomas's little grab says, uh, yesterday's racing is going to have a huge impact on where we go come Everest Day. Exactly, and he was just... Awesome classic legend. I'd say a new career best for him. So Les Bridges got him absolutely right, spot on at the right time. We're going to talk about a couple of those uh, big races out of Sydney, including the Golden Eagle winner, Colding, taking out the George Bain Stakes yesterday. Plus touch on Melbourne Racing. Behemoth making it back-to-back -back Group 1s, winning the Sir Rupert Clark. Uh, also Dame Giselle winning a third consecutive leg of the Princess Series in Sydney. And uh, a big day yesterday at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Nathan with the Sky Racing Pink Ribbon Cup taken out by Epic Girl for Chris Anderson and Tegan Harrison. And I'm not really sure about uh, <laughs> some of the, the fashions on the field. I'm not talking about the ladies. They always look lovely. I have to say that uh, Club President Brett Cook and uh, CEO Steve Lyons <laughs> look more like an advertisement for Interflora than they did for supporting the Pink Ribbon Cup. They certainly like to take it to a new level each year, but um, <laughs> kudos to everyone involved in that day. It's turned out to be one of the really good days on the Queensland calendar, and, and even with the restrictions yesterday, there was such a, a good feeling there yesterday with a, a lot of money raised for a great cause. It's amazing how that day has evolved over the years mm. because it, it was, I guess, originally just a quiet-off carnival sort of day. Well, it started off as just a... a a group of ladies getting together in the dome and yeah. uh, they didn't have anything to do with the, the, the club and then the club's come on board sort of five years ago and um, it's just built from there. Oh, it is uh, really, really uh, uh, growing into something quite huge and we'll talk more about Epic Girls win when Chris Anderson joins us a little later on the show. We'll also have a chat to uh, David Jolly about Behemoth's win in the Sir Rupert Clark. But first up, we're going to focus on yesterday's George Main Stakes. They've got 800 metres to run and Dreamforce is running along at a pace to suit himself in the hands of Nash Ruiler by three quarters to Colding, a length and a half star of the seas, followed by Imaging. Then came Colette from Very Elegant. McDonald just starting to nudge away and she's coming away from the fence. Anavelius being stoked up last of all. Dreamforce travels well around the turn. From Colding and Imaging gets cracking, then star of the seas. Two further back to Very Elegant who's trying to clear Colette. She's been put back in a pocket there. I think she's in trouble here, Very Elegant. Anavelius down the outside. Dreamforce has run his race. It's it's Imaging and Colding slogging it out. Star of the Seas closing in. Colding's lifting. Colding just in front. Colding goes on to win the George Main. Star of the Seas second. Imaging third. And very elegant. A luckless fourth. Further back to Colette. Dreamforce weakened out and Avilius didn't pick up. Chris Waller with four in the race, Nathan. They finish one, two, three, four in the Group 1 George Main stakes. Colding beating Star of the Seas. Imaging and very elegant. Yes, and... Um Welcome return to winning form for Colding. He'd been uh, he was out of sorts through the autumn. Melbourne just didn't pan out at all for him. But um, encouraging signs uh, last start, and um, he's put it all together there yesterday. Neville Morgan is joining us this morning to uh, have a chat uh, about uh, Colding. Good morning, Nev. Good night, Tony. Uh, Nathan. Thanks for joining us, Nev. What is it about you and these Randwick Miles? You just uh, you've got a, tr a trophy cabinet full of them. Well, yeah. Look. Many years ago, Nathan, I'd made, I couldn't afford, afford to buy reduced choices or uh, <laughs> Fastnet Rocks or, uh, or um, you know, those other good stallions. So I, I, 
I thought that you know, most of the uh, listed races in Australia are run over 1,400 or further. So I thought, well, I'd better off concentrating on those because uh, uh, that's where the, ma- the money is and uh, fortunately we've had a bit of luck. Yeah, a couple of Doncasters, a uh, couple of George Mains now and Epsom last year. And uh, Tell us about Colding. Like the autumn just, uh, he, he wasn't himself at all, was he? No, look, it was just a, a whole raft of things. Um, he obviously didn't like Caulfield and uh, it it just mounted up. Look, he raced very well in the in the Doncaster. Um, he only got beaten a couple of lengths for 57, I think, and he got hampered at the top of the straight. Huey said if he could have got out a bit earlier, he would have certainly been in the finish. Uh, those lightweights like Natoya and I think start of the season. Brandenburg, well, they had the wood on him at the weight. So, uh, but it was still a good run. And as Chris said, we probably went one run too uh, too far with him uh, by uh, into the Queen Elizabeth. So, uh, look, it was disappointing. Uh, but look, we, he's he's always had so much ability. Um, we we just had to uh, be patient, and uh, we were. Chris was sort of unsure yesterday where he's going next. Do you get the feeling he will go to the Epsom with the 56.5 kilos? Oh, look, I, I really don't know. Chris will make that decision. Look, look, I'm probably the only bike in Australia that thinks it, but would a freshen up and into the Everest be a possibility for him, given that there's not too much else there? Uh, he was on our radar very in the, early in the piece. Um, probably not. Uh uh, so we'll just mark time and just see see where it goes. Uh, we'll we'll have a meeting. We own, we own a slot. Uh, can you give Noel Greenhow a call and ask him to <laughs> ask him what he thinks about Colby? You'd be better placed than, uh, than than I would. I know that. But um, you, you of course were the winning slot holder last year, weren't you? Well, that's right. That's right. And this year, look, it's going to be a dynamite speed race with the likes of uh, Nature Strip and. Uh, and uh Farnham. Uh, Farnham and possibly Anders. Uh so, you know, it's it, it's gonna be made for a horse to drop out of the clouds. Is Calding the right horse? Probably not, but it, it's certainly in our in the in my mind at the moment. Uh but Chris will obviously have the ultimate say and we've got to get him a slot, of course. So uh, but you know, in answer to your question, the the Epsom with uh, I think it's got fifty six and a half. Yep. It's probably gonna be tough. Had there been any interest in Colding as from any other slot holders, Nev, at all? No, no, Tony, no, 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 it's not. No, no, not not, not to my knowledge. Um, and he certainly, you wouldn't expect there would be. It, it's it's a really left-field thought. Um, but, uh, you know, given the sort of race it's going to be and some of the horses that uh, they're talking about, like, he, he he easily handled Classic Legend and Behemoth last year with Golden Eagle, Um so and and well, Classic Legend. He was di- he was dynamite yeah. yesterday, and people are talking about Behemoth now as a possibility for a slot, and and rightly so. He's he's gone to another level as well. So uh, look, it, it, as I said, probably not. So we'll probably go down that that mile path, and whether we go to Melbourne, uh, I'm not quite sure. Have you got any other bullets to fire in the in the spring, Nev? Any other horses sort of heading towards bigger races? Oh, not really. Uh, not really, Nathan. We've got a few uh, three-year-olds that might come through. There's a horse called Cucaracha that uh, 
won his first start in the race. That's always a good sign. Uh, he'll he'll be racing in the next couple of weeks. But oh look, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, but you never know, do you? You know, in this game, uh, all of a sudden something can jump up out of the ground. But uh, we we live in hope. <laughs> well, you, you can't complain about having a poor trot anymore. You've got the Group One for for this for the spring, so that's something to celebrate in itself. And, yeah, uh, yeah. If you if you get one of those every year, you should be happy, shouldn't you? So, uh, but uh, yeah, no. Look, it's a big thanks to, to Chris and his team. They, they do a fantastic job, as, as you know. Um, and uh, you know, Guy Mulcast, he knows the sort of horses that we like to buy, and uh, he's uh, he's got a good eye for them. So yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll just. Soldier on and see what, what, what happens. I would have thought never goes the other way. You get one of those every year, you should be happy. No, you get one of those every year, you want more. Give me more. I want more group ones. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the whole racing game, Tony. It's, uh, it's quite infectious and uh, we, uh, we're, we're in it because we love it and uh, just yeah, hoping it can keep going. Congratulations again yesterday. And one last thing on that, in these COVID times, where did you get to watch the race? Mm-hmm. I watched it with my wife and my granddaughter in the lounge room at home by ourselves. Well, that would have been special so we'll, itself, we'll, sharing that moment with your granddaughter. Well, she's only two, so she didn't oh, okay. quite know what was going <laughs> when, when my wife and I were jumping up and dancing around uh, by ourselves. So, what are uh, Poppy and Gran doing? She'd have been sitting there uh, yeah, trying to work exactly. out, well, Poppy, why are you jumping up <laughs> and down and touching the roof? Yeah, it's the races, darling. It's the races. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Well done again. Thank you for joining us this morning. No problem. Thanks a lot. Nev Morgan there talking about Colding winning yesterday and checking on a couple of markets there, yep. Nathan. First of all, the Everest market uh, with uh, with Tab this morning. Fixed odds. Nature Strip obviously still favourite at $3.50 for the Tab Everest. Classic Legend we'll talk more about, but uh, rocketing into calculations in the market now at $6 with Gitra at $6. Rothfire at 7 Bivouac is at $11. And is at 15 Fun and also at $15. And you've got to go a long way down to actually be able to find colding in that market. Uh, I'm scanning and scanning and scanning. It's probably in the quote, not... quote others, I yes, think, at that the moment. Be it, so. But as far as the, the Epsom betting is concerned, Funstar $7 there with Probabil at $8, then Imaging and Star of the Seas at $9, and colding now an $11 chance for the Tab Epsom. Yeah, so Probabil's just there on her own as a, the, the, the lone challenger to the Waller Army, isn't she? So... He's uh, he's got that uh, another Epsom well within his sights, Chris Waller. And what was it yesterday? Um, 113 Group One wins for Chris Waller now, and that was his seventh uh, George Main Stakes success. Yeah, and uh, yeah, another George Main there. What's uh, I think I was reading something where it's something like six of the last eight. Yeah, that, I, I know right. there was a, a pretty good mare that he had in amongst all that that, <laughs> that managed true, to add a, a couple in there. Three yeah. of those went to Winks, of course, yeah. but yeah. It's an amazing effort. It, you know, I know there's only seven in the race, but to finish one, two, three, four ahead of a, a couple of in the the blue army colours and uh, and Dreamforce as well, uh, beaten some five lengths or so. Yeah. It's still an amazing effort. Very elegant. She she did get squeezed there, but I don't think it cost her the race. Um, I don't think she was pulling ground off Star of the Seas there for third at the end. But I think she's probably now just ready to to go to that longer trip. So you wouldn't be too harsh on her. She's nowhere near as sharp yesterday as she was being able to win the the wing stakes 
first up, and then the other two, the two place getters, they'll be better served at the weights come Epsom Day. Tommy Berry with a riding double at the uh, the Sydney program yesterday, as did Kerry McAvoy aboard this one. Baller Muscle got to the front from Splintex, and Eduardo is caught in a three-wide position, kept out there by Grey Worm, and Catalyst is probing through on the rails. Dirty workout three-wide with cover. Bivouac deeper, no cover for him. Then Prairie Fire Classique Legend in a very tricky spot, so standout is looking to get into the clear as they straighten up now. 300 metres to run. Splintex goes to Ball of Muscle. Then came Eduardo. Bivouac's running on. So standout starting to lengthen now. It's Splintex under siege from Eduardo. Bivouac and standout. Dirty work. The insiders surging home. Wide out. Classique legend is powering home. Classique legend. Great performance. Beat Eduardo and Bivouac. Then dirty work from standout. Splintex further back to Grey Worm. Tactical advantage. Prairie Fire Ari songs, ball of muscle and catalyst last. Lesbridge has labelled the classy grey as the best horse he's ever trained. And on that performance yesterday, storming down the outside, you, you'd go hard to disagree with him. Well, he's trained some good ones over the years, but that was some sort of win yesterday. He was sort of was shuffled back there at a really vital stage when he was looking to work into the race and he had to wait, 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 bide his time. And to still be able to pick them up was, I thought, an outstanding effort and Watch a replay of the Everest last year, Tony, and he never got a crack at them at any stage at all. He should have finished much closer. And yeah, he ran second in the shorts last year. So look at the yesterday, say, well, he's a better horse now. And, and Lesbridge confirms that with his comments. So he's uh, he has to be given due respect. And I wouldn't have thought I would have been saying that before yesterday. I would have mm. thought there's others ahead of him. But as Niv Morgan just outlined before, that the speed in this Everest this year is going to be enormous. So a horse like him his chance to, to run on. Uh, Karen McAvoy made a very interesting comparison as well. He said he just had to bide his time and full credit to the horse. Once he got some clear air, clear air he just powered through that last furlong. And he said he's been lucky enough to ride Red Cell and some other great mm. sprinters during his career. And you'd have to say he's right up there with those. Yeah, well, he's in a good position to win three of the first four Everest, isn't he, Karen <laughs> McAvoy? Uh, Bivouac, I think, was OK. He... If you go back to the autumn, he was just okay first up in the Oakley Plate without a lot of luck, and then he exploded second up. So I wouldn't be, be giving up on him. Just be interesting to see whether James Cummings gives him one more run in that Premier Stakes or goes four weeks into the, the Everest. It's, his comments yesterday suggested he, he may well run in the Premier second up, but I think you'll find that he's got plenty of improvement to come bivouac. Hugh Bowman said bivouac was just a, a bit fresh mid-race but said it was a great return, and, yeah, that Premier Stakes... Uh, as a final lead-up to the Everest is going to be a cracker because that's uh, where Les Bridge is going to target Classic yep. Legend as well. Yeah, so it's, it's it's taking shape. It's taken a while to take shape, the Everest, this year. It has it? this year compared mm. to previous years. You know, in, in past years, I guess we had a lot of the slots really sorted out quite early. Uh, but this year, it's just sort of... I think everyone's keeping the powder dry just to see what's coming well, in the form had, of the right but, time. Well, they had, everything's sort of pretty well exposed there, there now. So you wouldn't think that there's going to be one from left field, although... It sounds like he's going to make a case to the Chris Waller slot holders to, to do that with Colding. But um, I guess the next market move will come Saturday with with the Golden Rose, uh, where Rothfire's a hot favourite, and um, see what he does there and whether he trims up. He's on the third line of betting at the moment. Is he the $7 chance in the Everest behind Classic Legend and Nature Strip? Yeah, at this stage, as we said, Nature Strip at uh, $3.50, Classic Legend and Guitra each at no, $6, th then Rothfire 7 Bivouac at $11. 
The uh, I mentioned uh, Kerry McAvoy with a riding double there yesterday. Uh, his other one, of course, was in the Bill Ritchie for trainer Jamie Richards on Probabil. And so it's Cuber on top by a half length to Lou Remainer. Brandenburg well positioned on the inside of the favourite Probabil. Two further back to Kubrick, then came to Do's Dart. Further back to Reloaded on the inside. Glenor being stoked up and Rahiram being shoved along last of all. Facing a big task today around the corner. It's Cuber in front from Lou Remainer. Now Probabil is pulling out. Brandenburg getting a bit cluttered up on the inside. Further back to Reloaded, threading into the clear. Rahiram's not at the races today. Cuber in front. Probabil though, quickly moves up on the outside. And the favourite Probabil draws level. Puts the head in front. And now Probabil is edging clear. Goes on to win the bill, Richie, by a length to Cuba. Brandenburg won the battle for third, just in front of Dedusdart. Reloaded, a bit plain at the end, then came Glenola. Further back in the race to Kubrick, Lurramain dropped off. And that was out of character from Rahiran. He was never a hope. The Kiwi superstar Probabil taking out the uh, the Bill Ritchie yesterday and now Jamie Richards has the Epsom squarely in his sights. Yes, he carried 57 yesterday, drops to 52.5 kilos in the Epsom, uh, for which we mentioned before she's $8 second favourite. Uh, Funstar had sort of three and a half lengths to spare on her last year in the flight stakes. I definitely think she's bridged a, a fair chunk of, of that gap. So um, she's obviously a real live player in that race with that, that uh, nice-looking weight. Karen McAvoy would have been very happy with that win because I think his record has been five seconds on the mare so far. <laughs> so he would have been looking to try and get a little bit of the monkey off the back, so to speak. Yeah, that just shows how consistent she is when she's not winning. She's mostly um, running not far away with the only blot in the copybook last time around, the, the Oaks. The, uh, one of the other features there yesterday was the T-Rose. Vangelica half in front to Miss Canada. Every rose poking through to a clear third from Dame Giselle. He just had to take a tug there, switches off better. Then came Botophilia getting up on the inside of Hungry Heart has been kept company by Thermosphere. Not much room here for the favourite Hungry Heart and McDonald starts to ride her up at the 300. Vangelic in front from Miss Canada. Dame Giselle is cruising into the race and now Hungry Heart is coming off heels. Vangelic being joined by Dame Giselle. Dame Giselle draws level. Hungry Heart two off closing in. Dame Giselle got to the front though. Holding Hungry Heart and Dame Giselle makes it three out of three in the Princess Series. Dame Giselle by three quarters to Hungry Heart. Vangelic third. Montefilia closing off Heart at the end. Then came Miraval getting into it nicely. Further back to Thermosphere from Sentimental. Every Rose, Stella Pauline, Miss Canada and the Maiden Fallen the Stars pulled up pretty short. The three legs so far. The Group 2 Silver Shadow State the Group 2 Furious Stakes, and now you can add to that for Dame Giselle, the uh, the Group 2 Dali T-Rose Stakes. And now it's on to the Group 1 Flight Stakes in a fortnight's time. Yeah, it's only been done twice before. Angst back in 93 and Samantha Miss uh, clean sweep, made a clean sweep of the, the Princess Series. So it's not the easiest to do. The, the assumption of, of many yesterday was that Hungry Heart would turn the tables at 1,400 metres and... Even though she's beaten again, I, I think that they'll they'll back up again and make her favourite hungry heart in in, in the flight. Um, I'm not sure whether there's any from left field, but one I spotted getting home there at the end, Miraval. She was not in the race early; she was way at the back. But her last hundred metres was very good. So, from a future point of view, daughter of Reduce Choice, I think. Um, there's, there's a nice race in her somewhere down the track. And now a four-time winner at Group 2 level, Dame Giselle, and uh, is now a $4 chance with tab on fixed odds for the flight stakes. Uh, the market has uh, Hungry Heart currently the favourite at $2.40 
Dame Giselle at $4. Uh, Montefilia is at $9. Kisikano at 11 And Vangelic at $11. What was the one that you mentioned? Was it Miraval? Miraval, yeah. $17 <coughs> in the flight stuff. Yeah, it might still be too soon for it, but just from a future point of view. Kisikano, $11. She won't be going there. She's uh, off to have a break after being beaten at the Gold Coast yesterday. Well, there you go. Uh, Tommy Berry, uh, as uh, we heard a little bit earlier on the uh, the Big Sports Breakfast with Ray and Dean, uh, was... was uh, Full of uh, of praise for Colding, but also made comments about James Giselle and and said that she just wanted to to battle it, uh, her way into it, and that seems to be the the important thing for her. It's just a her way of racing. She switches off, and then when she gets to the front, that's where the strength comes. Yeah, and she's got a better turn of foot than the other one too. So it will be an interesting flight for sure. It's a great time of ra- uh, racing at the moment, isn't it, in Sydney, with the the way this carnival has developed now. And uh, yeah, Ramwick was just uh, lit up there yesterday. Some great racing on the way. Yeah, one after another. Well, let's uh, turn our focus now to Melbourne, and the feature race yesterday was the Sir Rupert Clark. Dollar for dollar, comes up towards the turn. 450 metres to go, cuddled in the lead from Streets of Avalon. Age of Chivalry, two lengths off those from Arkanar Star. Then Tagaloa, Banquo presenting to the middle. Then Mandela Effect, be good to your mother. Cascadian runs up behind them. Behemoth needs room. And then Harlech, dollar for dollar, went for home at the 200 metres. Two lengths, Age of Chivalry. Then Banquo, Tagaloa, Arkanar Star. Dollar for dollar, still in front, 100 metres to go. A wall is chasing Behemoth out. The pack is storming over the top from another suburb. Behemoth got up to win it, followed by a photo. Dollar for dollar or pretty brazen. Arkanar star in a photo for fourth with Reykjavik and Tagaloa. Then Cascadian. Next to finish in the race was Mandela Effect, Age of Chivalry. Pretty brazen pulls up with Banquo. Then be good to your mother. Streets of Avalon, Superstore, Madame Rouge and Harlech. And a long last in the race, Dead Agents. I love that comment from Matthew Hill. Behemoth from another suburb storms down to win this, the Rupert Clark. Yeah, brilliant turn of phrase and what an effort from the horse because he was held up and with 60 kilos to then just pick up and and gather them in the way he did and have a margin to spare on the line. It's, it's a, quite a performance. Well, backing up his win in the uh, Group 1 MC three weeks ago, very similar with a dominant victory in the Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark yesterday at Caulfield. Behemoth, of course, trained by David Jolly, who joins us this morning on Pass the Post. Good morning, David. Good morning, boys. How are you this morning? Yeah, we're terrific, thanks. Thanks for joining us, David. Last time we spoke on this program was mid-August. He, he just won the spring stakes and you were sort of weighing up whether to go to the Memsey or, or have another run in Adelaide. But here we are just a tick over a month later and he's, he's a dual Group 1 winner. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to believe. And uh, uh, just um, I don't think I'd probably listen to the call till then uh, <laughs> either. And uh, I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> <laughs> What were you thinking halfway up the running when he was just looking for the for the clear air? Uh, um, yeah, I was probably cursing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it at home with my family actually, and uh, um, it probably uh, um, it probably the way it unfolded. Uh, I thought there'd probably be a little bit more tempo, and and Craig and I had a chat to it in the morning in the morning and said. Uh, so look, it's you know I don't think we have to ride him probably ag- as aggressively uh, as we did the previous runs from that barrier. You know, because you have barrier five sort of threw up a few more options and mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, when be good to your mother whether they sort of held him up a bit or uh, I, I sort of haven't watched the replay, but he but I didn't we didn't expect to be in the position we were behind that horse. You know, thing. Um, uh, Mind you, he's always going to sort of give you a good toe in the race, but I expected him to be up in the lead. So we were sort of, we probably end up a couple of lengths further back than than um, 
than what we were. And then off the off the bend there, when they showed the side on shot, it's like okay, he's got to get a bit of room. And then a couple sort of came back on him a bit again. And uh, um, interestingly enough, he probably looked a little bit more dynamic, sort of getting held up for a bit longer. Yeah. You know, so uh, probably showed a little bit better turn of foot. But uh, um, oh, look, he's just yeah. I, I I did think at one stage we were about to get willowed, but uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> He got off the mat, you know, sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, look, he's just, a, you know, I mean, to do that with, you know, with that, with that weight, you know, sort of thing, he's just going extremely well, the horse. I always find it interesting, David, when you're looking at a horse like Behemoth and the way he's uh, gone through his, his uh, process of this campaign so far. What was the grand final when you started things off after his last spell? Did, did you have something in mind or was it just take it one step at a time? Well, it was, we, we, we'd always talked about these, the big app, the handicaps, um, uh, you know, that the the, uh, the race that he won yesterday and the, and the tour act were sort of were, were probably goals. Um, yeah, the Memsey on the way through, we said we'd sort of yeah contemplated if we thought he'd measure up at the at the weight for age level, but probably probably prior to that, he was probably well well prior to the two wins, he was going to be pretty well handicapped. Uh, um, but uh, but obviously now we're sort of working our way out of that. Sort of thing, and uh, you know he's um, uh, yeah he's up to yeah carried sixty yesterday. Sort of one again, um, yeah maybe uh, the, yeah maybe some of the act we sort of we may not go to now simply for the fact that the, the weight factor. And yeah, you know, I, I think the horse is more dynamic when um, yeah when there's good genuine pace, you know, sort of thing. So obviously the more we stretch him out in those races, the the less likelihood is that they're going to run along as quick. Um, but um, but look at this stage, as I said, this was this was probably a race we talked about um, even last year when he went to the Golden Eagle. We were looking at these these two races, and uh, yeah, I think he sort of just the way he sort of yeah the way the way his style of racing and the style of horse he is is really well suited to that sort of fast run sort of seven furlongs. What about a fast run six furlongs, David? The other way, going yeah, the other way. That's uh, yeah, that, that's. That's been um, been mooted. Um, uh, he's been the other way before, you know, sort of and uh, and ran quite well. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, I think it's it, it's certainly doable for the horse. Um, you know, there's a uh, month in between runs. It come back and 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 you know, obviously off that high tempo, it could suit a strong horse like him. Um, so I think that's sort of something we've got to probably weigh up. Yeah, you know, this week he's coming. He's, he's on his way home now, so we'll just have a good look at him and and see, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and see what we just, you know, what what direction we think we need to go in. Um, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be sort of in a in a hurry to, to run it again soon, rushing up in trip, put it that way. You know, so then, uh, I, I'd be, uh, I think we just might cool our heels a little bit. I hadn't done a hell of a lot with him. Um, yeah, between uh, the two runs, he sort of really had an easy jump out and not much either side of that, you know, sort of thing. So he sort of went into the into that race yesterday, still uh, still a, a bit on the bouncy side, you know, sort of thing. So uh, um, yeah, so there's probably still a good run left in him, but uh, you know where that is, I'm I'm just not sure till we till the dust settles. Would you rule out the Cox Plate? Oh, is that, is that a step too far? I think so. I, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, um, I think I'd, I'd, I'd just, just might be a stretch too far, maybe. Um, uh, interestingly enough, he's, he's, he's probably got a similar profile to his, 
yeah, I suppose, to his sire. It was sort of more of that seven furlong mile a horse, and, and he ran second in it, narrowly beaten. So, yeah, you, he's a big, strong horse, and I wouldn't say he, he couldn't do it. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe he just hadn't, hasn't had sort of the right prep for the stage in a saloon. So I, I'd be more leaning towards sort of... Um, maybe hanging around the same sort of trips as we are at the, at the moment at this stage. Have you fielded any calls from Everest slot holders, David? Oh, look, um, that's uh, Sam Lyons' department, which yep. is a terrific um, uh, yeah, between Sam and Peter, the team, Peter Morley, and uh, uh, look at that stage, which which is great, really, because it, it you know, frees me up to train the horse. I don't have to sort of, you know, obviously I've got them on how the horse is and and what I think as well but you know as a as a team to sort of make the decision but I think uh I think I, I that that sort of that's probably more Sam's department you know sort of thing so uh I, I think there's been a, there's been a little bit of interest but uh um to what extent you know we, as I said we've, we've, we've probably had two or three brief conversations where about it and and probably more of it came to light with some um, between the two runs, you know, something sort of that we um, that we that we whether we thought it was achievable or not, you know, sort of thing. So obviously after yesterday, it probably becomes a little bit more uh, uh, more real, you know, sort of thing. So um, so look, we'll uh, we'll we'll just discuss it during the week and see how we go. Whichever way he goes, uh, he's still doing pretty all right. A six thousand dollar <laughs> bargain buy, and the earnings now up over one point six million. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, uh, it's, been, it's a wonderful story, you know, sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just. I'm just very lucky to be training the horse, you know. So I think he's he's a, you know, he, now he's matured. Um, you know, it was a bit difficult early days, but now he's matured. He's fairly straightforward, and he's had a bit of travelling, and he's, uh, uh, yeah, he's a horse you can you, you really enjoy training, and uh, you know, he's just he's probably one of those rare horses that he's, um, yeah, he's a big horse, but you know, like he's just he's sort of, um, you know, like it's, you know, if you get some big horses that are probably just slow, you know, something. Uh, and it's a big horse that sort of everything, it's just like the perfect engine, you know, sort of thing. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he, can, he can overpower his rivals very quickly. Are you ready to call the sign riders around and uh, <laughs> get some signs up at Goolwa for Behemoth Lodge? <laughs> you might get a, uh, it might be the Maccabee Diva statue. <laughs> I got born touch with that bloke. Thank you for joining us this morning. Congratulations again. It's been a wonderful story so far, and, and the beauty of it is the, yeah, the, the chapters haven't finished off this campaign for Behemoth. Uh, well done on yesterday's win in the Sir Rupert Clark. Appreciate that. Thank you. David Jolly with us this morning here on Past the Post. Past the Post on Radio Tab. Nathan Exelby and Tony Clements with you on this week's edition of Past the Post. Nathan, as we touched on at the top of the show, the Gold Coast Turf Club at Aquas Park yesterday resplendent in pink for Sky Racing Pink Ribbon Cup Day. And as we said, uh, this day has just gone from strength to strength over the uh, the last few years and has become, well, not just one of the uh, the great social highlights of the racing calendar on the Gold Coast and for South East Queensland, but it's become one of the, the big days of the turf as well. Yeah, that was granted metropolitan status for the first time yesterday. The Pink Ribbon Cup became a, a Phillies and Mares event, which is fitting and um, $125,000 attached to it. And um, it was a ding-dong duel in the end. Yeah, all eyes, I'm sure, were on the uh, the hot $1.30 favourite in Kisakano. 
but it was a bit of a boil over. Kissicano, the 600 metres from the judge, led the way from Epic Girl. Third, Maddie Roxon, fourth, the outside, Jardin Rouge. She's our boss, has been wide. Star Reflections over on the outside of the scene, too, Manny. And last of all was Emma Kedia. 3.50 from the judge, and Kissicano narrowly from Epic Girl. Maddie Roxon over on the inside. Jardin Rouge is down the outside. Kissicano joined here by Epic Girl. Nearer the inside there is Maddie Roxon. Jardin Rouge down the outside. Epic Girl, the outside. Kissicano, Kissicano on Epic Girl, Epic Girl and Kissicano, Kissicano, Epic Girl, they hit the line. I think Epic Girl maybe knows Kissicano. It's a photo though. Third Jardin Rouge, followed by Maddie Rocks, and then we had uh, Emma Kedia. Seen too many. She's our boss, and the last one was Star Reflection. Yes, Epic Girl, it was for uh, Tegan Harrison and Chris Anderson. Uh, yeah, a very special win for Tegan because unfortunately she lost her nan. To, uh, to breast cancer and uh, she was uh, quite keen to get those pink riding breeches on and win in those yesterday, Nathan. And I'm sure it was a very satisfying win for our next guest this morning, Chris Anderson. Good morning, Chris. Morning, gents. How are we this morning? We're well, thanks, mate. I'll pick a bone with you to start with. Um, pink everywhere yesterday. Not a skerrick of pink on you. What was the problem? No. Um, Did you miss the brief? Well, it doesn't really go well with the complexion, Nathan. So uh, <laughs> I thought I'd just leave the peak off. But uh, um, oh, look, it was, um, it, it was. I'm actually on a mad dash to watch my twin girls play soccer this morning. So hopefully you guys can hear me okay. But um, yeah, look, it was a, it was a it was a great day there. Full credit to the Gold Coast Surf Club. It was. Um, it, it had a great vibe considering we're in you know pretty tough times with COVID at the moment. But um, you wouldn't have known it was. Uh, it was a really really great day out there at the uh, the Gold Coast. She was um, on her last chance, Epic Girl. You, you, you yourself felt that maybe she'd come to the end of the road and Breeding Barn was the next option, but Blinker's on and a different story there yesterday. Yeah, it's an amazing gear change, isn't it? It's just sometimes so effective. And I guess the other question, Mark, for yesterday is stepping up uh, to 1,300. She's raced over those trips before, but she's never won beyond 1,200. So, you know, she's probably just getting a little bit more dour as she gets older and... and you know, she's never needed, obviously, headgear in the past because she's been such a, a tractable uh, mare. And, um, you know, Tegan got off her the most recent and, you know, the first thing she said is she needs blinkers. And you probably noticed sort of midway through the race, she she, she could just come off the bridle um, just at that stage and, and be asked uh, for, for a second effort. And I guess the blinkers just, just help her overcome that sort of flat spot, as I say, midway through the race. And she's a... She's a mare that you want 100 off in your stable because of the fact that you know when you get on the race that she's just going to give everything she's got. And you know, I'll be I'll be totally honest, gents. When I was at, when she was at the top of the straight, I thought I I just hope she can give a good kick and uh, run second in Kisicano because I'll be honest, I I probably didn't think we could beat her yesterday. It was uh, one of those things when you've, you're almost at that last roll of the dice sort of stage, Chris. And uh, yeah, the blinkers was certainly what made the difference there. And you sort of look back at it and think, well. Maybe this should have been something before, but yeah, was it something you thought about trying at all? Did she not you know, resent oh, it in the past? No, I'd say she's probably not really needed them in the past. But um, and, and look, to her defence, she was only beaten point eight uh, her most recent. So, you know, she wasn't getting beaten big margins, and um, I, I guess the confidence did grow because we were a little bit worried she'd um, possibly over race with them on. But she relaxed so beautifully in the work between. Uh, run that um, we knew that it wasn't going to be too much of an issue for her. And as you say, it's funny when you put horses on their last chance, how they can come out and uh, mm -hmm. and get the job done. It, it happens more often than we think. 
Won't keep you too long, Chris, because obviously the, the twin girl's more important than us, but just a quick line on, on your, your good horses, Profit and Ballistic Boy. Whereabouts are they up to? Yeah, they're all back in, Nathan, and we've probably, as a stable, been a little bit quiet um, over the past sort of six or seven weeks, and it's not a reflection of, of, of the horses we have in work. We've probably never been busier, but um, we had a really good winter carnival with our horses. We, we won a number of feature races. We went around second, as you know, in, in, in too many of them as well, but uh, horses like Profit and Ballistic Boy, they're sort of midway through their preparation on their way back, you know, I guess... Plutocrat's another one that won a stakes race. One Shy Ruby uh, got black tied through the winter. So they're all back uh, for the obviously heading towards the summer and um, really happy with, with all of them. And look, we've got some really, really nice two-year-old Steve Morley's doing all our bloodstock work. So we're buying the right horses and, and I think, uh, you know, the future looks good. We, uh, how are the girls' uh, team situated at the moment in the, in the ladder? Are they likely to make Dad proud today with a win? <laughs> um... They're actually going really well, and it's, uh, I guess, girls' sport, isn't it? It's just so on the rise, and uh, they must have taken after their mother because I've got <laughs> zero athletic ability, and they're actually pretty handy little soccer players. So, uh, yeah, they love it, and um, I, I guess I, I love going and watching them. It's, it's a real treat. Nathan, my 16-year-old last plays uh, in Capital Reserves, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those soccer dads that just you know, lives for games each weekend. We had a bye this weekend. So I wasn't able to get out this year. So, Chris, I feel for you and wish you the girls all the best and you as well as you head off to soccer this morning. Good on you, guys. Thanks for having me. Chris Anderson with us on past the post after Epic Girl was able to uh, win the Sky Racing Pink Ribbon Cup yesterday. Uh, one of the other highlights uh, yesterday, Nathan, was Zoo Style. Tony Golland's stable with a, a double there yesterday and great to see Zoo Style back to uh, that sort of form as well. It certainly was. He'd... Um been a while between wins for him. Obviously, what's happened with Zustol has been well documented, but um, he, uh, like you say, just great to see that horse back. He's one of the best horses we've got in Queensland, and um, he showed that yesterday. He was, you know, he was he was dominant, and um, he'll take on stronger fields in the summer. But uh, still, it was a nice pipe opener, and to just get him back in that winning groove, I'm, I'm sure everyone associated with the horse uh, would be. Uh, would have walked away very pleased yesterday with what they saw. Brad Stewart back in the saddle there yesterday. Uh, he's, he's been uh, the, maybe the key to Zoo Style, been on board for all seven of his wins uh, with him undefeated in Queensland. Yeah, possibly that's right. I just don't think he was right when he went to Melbourne. Obviously, there were some issues, and then in Sydney, I mean, he just went too hard and, and unfortunately bled. So that's we won't see him for a little while now. We'll wait for the summer to, to see Zoo Style again, but... Tony Gollan's really keen to try and get a wild card and then get into the, the Magic Million snippets and have a crack at a million-dollar race in January. We mentioned before about uh, the great racing that's on week in, week out at the moment. Uh, how about this for next weekend as we head off to uh, to Rose Hill Gardens? Uh, the, the Group 1 Golden Rose Stakes uh, is uh, going to headline the program there and uh, it's going to be a, another fabulous day. I'm just uh, scanning through to find... The, uh, the rest of the car there, uh, the uh, program in Melbourne is going to take us to Caulfield. It's going to be Caulfield Guineas and uh, 1,000 Guineas Prelude Day. I guess that's also a case of uh, looking uh, further ahead, deeper into the spring. Yes, the Golden Rose, the Golden Pennant, the Shannon Stakes, the Gloaming, the Colin Stephen Quality, the Heritage Stakes, uh, full of black-type quality once again at Rose Hill next Saturday. Yeah, and the Moyer on Friday night. Um, that's right. We will see Anders, who's a dominant favourite for that race at the moment. Um whether something happens with him this week from an Everest point of view, not sure, but um, that'll be another piece of the puzzle that's put together. 
Aquas Park, Gold Coast and uh, Morfordville Parks and Belmont all to chime in again next Saturday. Toowoomba Wheatwood. Of course, yes. Uh, Wheatwood Day as well. Uh, yeah, there's, there's features left, right and centre. Yeah, so well, good luck to the Toowoomba Club up there. The Wheatwood in, an, in the, the Cup in, an, in a new time slot up there and... Um, I'm sure that uh, I'm not sure how they go with the the restrictions around the COVID, but I'm sure they'll they'll hit the um, hit the maximum target there with people getting into the races next Saturday. That is past the post for another week. Uh, join you back again next Sunday morning. Thank you, Nathan. Look forward to that, Tony. Have a great week, Nathan. X will be with us this morning as we wrap up past the post for Sunday, 20th of September, 2020.